This is Partners in Practice, a weekly series dedicated to the evolving field of the advanced practice clinician. Here is your host physician assistant, Lisa DeAndre Linnell. In the West African country of Ghana, medical services are provided by medical assistants. The medical assistant in Ghana is the analog of the physician assistant in the United States, providing a high level of care including diagnosis and prescribing of medication. Medical assistants are educated through Kintampo Rural Health Training School, the only school of its kind in the country. Their mission? To educate and train well-motivated, knowledgeable, and skillful health professionals who are capable of providing quality services to all people in all settings, especially in remote and underserved communities. With me today is Dr. Manuel Teajaze. He is a public health physician specialist and the director of the Contampo Rural Health Training School. I recently had the extraordinary experience of visiting his school in Ghana just a couple of months ago, and I'm delighted to have him on the show today. Dr. Ajazi, welcome to Partners in Practice. Thank you very much. Dr. Ajazi, can you start by giving us a brief overview of how healthcare is delivered in Ghana and the role of the medical assistant in that? I think if you know the history of Ghana, Ghana was called Gold Coast. It was a British colony until 1957 when we gained independence. And Western medical practice started way back, you know, when the British came into the then Gold Coast. But then over the years, it has to really expand in terms of coverage and access to all parts of the colony. Um, It was still limited during those days to the coastal regions and part of the hinterland where the British really settled. But then by the time we got independence in 1957, then first president, together with the team, felt that, no, we still have a lot of our populace, particularly in the rural settings, who do not have access to former Western or Orthodox medical care. So quickly, a team has to be assembled. Many hospitals were then put up, including a medical school, to be able to really train well-qualified health personnel, including doctors, to be able to take care of the rural folks and the population in general. This notwithstanding, we still had problems with access to health care, particularly for the rural populace. number of doctors those days was not even enough, and even today we will not say it's very adequate because of the brain drain and other things. So somewhere way back in the 50s, some form of, you know, made shift training programs were instituted for the middle level to be able to provide some health care to the rural folks in particular. But this went on through the 50s and early 60s until 1969 when formally a group of health professionals, nursing professionals, were recruited to be trained formally to practice in a way which is now what we call the medical assistant, to practice medicine, at a level, and to be able to take care of the emergency health needs of the rural folks. So medical assistance had been well accepted as way back as 1969, more than 40 years ago. And over the years, the training has been refined. The training duration has been expanded. And today, they form one of the major health workforce in the country. 
That's exciting. Very similar to how PAs have worked in the United States. And they're trained at your school, the Contempo Rural Health Training School, which you're the director. Tell us a little bit about your school, the history of your school. Great. As I said, the school was officially established in 1969 by the Ministry of Health with a mandate to train middle-level health professionals for service delivery, particularly for marginalized, underserved, and rural populations. So we've lived up to this mandate, and over the years, certainly, we've made sure that our programs are pro-rural. We have as our motto, educating for service, and the Medical Assistance Association in Ghana also have as their motto, rural health, their concern. So it's very interesting. Those days, the numbers that we recruited into the training program were very small. The first that there were only 15. Over the years, it grew to 20, 25, 30. Until a decade ago, when we have to actually take measures to increase the numbers, because I would say, unfortunately, this also happens to be the only training school. Meanwhile, the pressing need for medical assistance is such huge, and we have a huge gap to make. So over the years, we've increased intake and we've also now moved from just training people who had nursing background by recruiting people from, let's say, senior high school to move directly into the program. And so over the past four years, we'll say that we've trained close to 500 medical assistants who are providing services across the length and breadth of Ghana. So this is about the beginning of the Rural Health Training School. The first program has to deal with the medical assistant program. But over the years, we kept adding public health programs, programs that are really pro-rural. And today, as I speak, we have 11 different programs that are tailor-made to meet the needs of the needy population. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with Dr. Emmanuel Teyajaze, director of the Contempo Rural Health Training School in Ghana. We're discussing the role of medical assistance in Ghana and the education model at Contempo Rural Health Training School. So, Dr. Ajazi, this is currently a certificate program. How do you see that changing? Yes. Currently, as you mentioned, we have certificate, we have diploma, we have advanced diploma. I mean, that's what we award. But I think that is even the change is becoming very fast. Over 40 years of existence, I think we are applying for university college status. And that is why we're working hand-in-hand with the School of Medical Sciences, uh, KNUSD, some of the public health institutions, so that at least and with the National Accreditation Board. As we get the university college status, certainly we'll start awarding degrees. And uh, when we become a fully-fledged university, which we are very optimistic, then certainly the sky will be our limit where at least we'll start training people at master's and field and PhD levels. That is the vision. I think at our 40th anniversary celebration last year, it was made clear, and I think we have the support. And we're also relying on our partners from U.S. As you know, we are in partnership with the University of Utah, particularly the School of Medicine and the PA program, of which Nadia always lead a team to Ghana for us to have international seminars, of which um, certainly Lisa was passed, and we're so grateful. We also have partners in the University of Winchester in the United Kingdom and the Hampshire NHS Trust Foundation. So together with the external 
partners and our local universities, we are very optimistic that we'll be able to get there. Well, let me tell the listeners about the International Seminar and your collaboration with Utah, because, yes, I was a part of that. I was given the unique opportunity to speak at the Fourth International Seminar in Ghana. This was much more than a typical speaking engagement. The seminar is part of the clinical rotation for the University of Utah PA program in Ghana. And as you mentioned, it's coordinated through Nadia Miniclair, who's a PA educator at UPAP. And she does absolutely amazing, an amazing job of bringing this whole thing together. And we lectured at your school for four days. And although we lectured for 10 hours each day in the heat, and it's really hot in Ghana, your students every day in their critiques, all they asked for was more. They were so engaged and so appreciative. And honestly, Dr. Jazzy, this just wasn't teaching. It was so much more. You know, we worked side by side with all kinds of medical providers, dermatologists, anesthesiologists, PAs, medical students, medical assistants. And for a full week, all the egos were checked at the door and 300 people were eager to learn from each other. It turned out that I was the one who learned the most. So this is an opportunity that if any of the listeners are interested in, they should really reach out because your school is amazing. Your students are so engaged. And what they're doing there is truly magical, Dr. Jaze. Oh, Lisa, thank you very much for this presentation and your time, you know. Students and faculty still keep talking about that wonderful seminar, and we look forward to seeing and meeting most of you next year, and we want to even expand the scope so that we can get many more people. We really enjoyed the lessons and your style of teaching and fun. It was a great fun, and we love it. Well, we're going to have information for any of the listeners on our website at reachmd.com where they can come in and look at some of the pictures from the seminar and get links to your school and information about Ghana and the healthcare in Ghana. I'd like to talk about a day in the life of a medical assistant. This was amazing to me when I learned this, how many patients they see every day. Tell us about that. <laughs> it's interesting, you know, if you really have time to visit a typical facility, health facility in Ghana is amazing. Um, we have the regional hospitals, the district hospitals, the health centers, the teaching hospitals. But certainly, it's a heavy workload. Medical assistants on the average see about 100 patients. That's the average. So some can see about 150, some maybe 80. But the average, you know, some 120. We'll put it somewhere around 100. And um, really, they're doing a human's job. All kind of cases from snake bites to trauma cases, to hypertension, to diabetes, name what. So they are jack of all trades, and they have to also take on administrative responsibilities as well. And can I mention they do this without internet, without medical literature, without all of the things that we take for granted every day here when we see 20 patients a day? <laughs> 20 patients a day? Yeah, sometimes that's how it goes here. 20, 35 <laughs> patients a day, not 100, not 120. <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> well, how have the 500 graduates contributed to the healthcare system in Ghana so far? These are, I think, wonderful. You know, as I told you in the past, I mean, the annual output, maybe 30 per annum, when we have about close to 1,000 even health centers alone for medical assistance to man. And, you know, by our definition of a health center, these are smaller facilities closer to the people. Our health policy is to at least put up a health facility every five, eight kilometers. You know, so you can imagine the number of such facilities. But the health workforce to man them, we still have problems. 
not to talk about district hospitals, regional hospitals, teaching hospitals, but primarily, as I told you, the MA role, particularly with our program and the way they are trained, is to provide services in the rural areas. So they work primarily in the health centers and then the district hospitals. Well, Dr. Jazi, you were a trained public health physician, and you're directing a program that trains students to deliver health care in rural areas. You're walking the walk here, and you're shaping and reshaping health care in Ghana. What is your personal vision for Ghana? Thank you very much, Liz. Uh, this is very, very interesting. And as I told you, let me quote even a health system that when you are a public health practitioner, a physician for that matter, and you, you want to make sure that the population certainly have access to quality health care, then you are driven by a vision which stems from, say, global vision for health that everyone should have access to a suitably educated and motivated health worker, which forms part of a functioning health system. I take inspiration from this to say that, yes, Ghana, we have a population close to 24 million. It's not every part of the country that is accessible. So if you should have that vision to make sure that at least the populace should have access to a suitably educated and motivated health worker, then the daunting challenge now is, yes, train the health professionals, let them be motivated, let them have the necessary knowledge and skills to be able to provide the services. But the challenging thing is make sure that they are placed where they are needed. And I would say that that is part of the challenge now. These 500 that we have produced, certainly most of them are placed where they are needed. But again, as human beings, we will still have problems with some who don't want to really enter into the deep areas. So my vision is to see these graduates really accepting postings to the very, very rural and remote areas where their services are needed most. And of course, certainly the government also ensuring that they get you know, the necessary motivation to continue working there. And since it's also a developmental issue, to certainly make sure that development gets to all those areas so that at least people will be more comfortable and they will be willing to stay there uh, longer and help the rural folks. I would like to thank my guest, Dr. Emmanuel Teajaze, for introducing us to Contampo Rural Health Training School in Ghana and the role of medical assistance in Ghana. You can find out more about his school at our website, reachmd.com, where we'll have photos of my trip and we'll have links to his school. And the fifth annual international seminar in Ghana is set for July 5th through the 8th, 2011. Dr. Jaze Madazepa, thank you very much yeah, for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Lisa. You've been listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD XM160. You can download this program and any other program in our library at ReachMD.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening.